Hello listeners, this is Travis E. Taylor here, bringing you the next chapter of my novel, Good Clean Fun. I will be releasing this story as an ebook and as a podcast, week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle, Travis E. Taylor Author. Today's chapter, we will meet Pluto and Uranus, Korean-American twin girls, each with their own methods of navigating the social hurdles of high school. They will be voiced by Mizpah, my dear friend of 12 years and a senior member of the Bitchin' Kitchen crew. She recently made a big move cross-country, and I appreciate her making the time to pump a little life into Pluto and Uranus. Without further ado, let's begin by taking a deep breath. Okay, Good Clean Fun by Travis E. Taylor, Chapter 2, Pluto, December. Pluto entered the gymnasium, head hung, perfectly straight black hair hiding her face in the shadow of her twin sister Uranus. They both carried their matching puffy magenta coats, still dusted with snow. Uranus had an inauthentic smile hanging unabashedly below her button nose, a smile Pluto both envied and resented. She sashayed with her short plaid skirt swaying dangerously up and down. Pluto continued to stare down at her own jet-black Punisher t-shirt, simultaneously wishing she was her sister and wishing her sister was dead. Hello, Mr. Weaver. Hey, Maria. Good luck, Kobe. She pranced between the array of chess sets, the picture of camaraderie and good-heartedness. Pluto half expected her to start firing off some finger guns. She followed quickly behind her sister, giving her best impression of the Invisible Man. Hello, Mrs. Weaver. Uranus could not have looked more like a begging dog if she was equipped with a tail to wag. Yes, Mary. Their coach's brow fell in aggravation. We aren't going to have any issues today, are we? You remember the conversation we had last week, correct? Mrs. Weaver was referring to the previous practice when Uranus had threatened to shove the king up your faggoty ass if I didn't think you'd like it to a fellow team member before showing him the back of her hand, though luckily not utilizing it. Uranus was truly on her last, last chance and the career chemistry teacher's last nerve. Pluto assumed the only reason either of them still held a place on the team was a trickle-down effect of their parents' altruism. Their giving nature was well-renowned in the poverty-stricken neighborhood and was epitomized by the act of adopting twin girls from Korea. Alternatively, the only reason Pluto chose to be on the team was her father's insistence. He saw chess as an opportunity to pad their college applications. It was also free, which fit their family's budget perfectly. Uranus took her thin gold cross between her fingers and twirled it as she feigned remorse. Yes, Mrs. Weaver. I'm ashamed of how I acted, and I'm thankful that you, like our Lord Jesus Christ, can be so forgiving. I won't let you down, as God is my witness. I know. Okay, okay. Thank you, Mary. You will be on table seven. And button up your shirt, please. Mrs. Weaver walked away before Uranus had the chance to rebuff. As an afterthought, she turned over her shoulder to tell Pluto, Table three. Uranus turned to Pluto. That uppity bitch is going to burn in hell. You mark my words. Pluto knew well enough that Uranus did not need or expect an answer. Pluto scanned the room for Mercury, who was, as always, isolated from the team. 
Good luck today, Uranus. And try to keep it together. Dad is going to lose it if we get kicked out of another extracurricular. Ignoring her sister's glare, Pluto walked toward a line of three folding chairs. Mercury sat pensively, jotting down in a notebook in the center of the group of chairs, inviting no guests. Hey, Mercury. Mercury replaced the blue velvet ribbon between the pages and shut her notebook inconspicuously. I'm so glad you're here. My sis is acting like a whack job as usual. They both glanced over to see that Uranus was teasing the front of her shirt to a chubby pimpled boy in an orange polo already marked with pit stains. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. That's her motto, right? Look at the panic on that poor kid's face, Mercury commented. They both gave two low huffs, their equivalent to gales of laughter. How many moves are you going to give them today, Pluto? Mercury had started calling her Pluto the first day she joined the chess club, never asked permission and never offered an explanation. Pluto didn't object, nor did she ask why she was instructed to call her Mercury in return. She was merely glad someone cared enough to give her a nickname. Looks like I'll be up against Miles from Holly East. I bet I can give him the win in 17 moves. He more or less understands the game. To Pluto, receiving any form of praise was on par with dancing in your underwear on stage at a school assembly. She intentionally tanked every game outside of practice. However, she still enjoyed being challenged and therefore tried to maneuver the game toward a set number of moves before her inevitable loss. This was no small feat. It involved not only a profound grasp of the game, but also a psychological understanding of her opponent. Recognizing the game Pluto was truly playing was how Mercury initially introduced herself months prior. How do you know how many moves to let them have before they win? Pluto felt genuine fear when Mercury confronted her, until she looked at Mercury's eyes, something she rarely did with anyone, and realized the question came from a place of curiosity. This had been the beginning of their friendship or rather, mutual respect and comfort was a more apt and description of their relationship. The teacher from the opposing school gave the five-minute warning, and the school athletes, as Mrs. Weaver called them with something to prove, all found their way to their respective boards. Pluto looked across the table at Miles Rivers. His brow furrowed and his nerves shot. I bet you are really good he said, not so much to her as to himself. Society's assumption of her intelligence and academic prowess was no longer surprising, but still infuriating. When she didn't say anything, Miles asked, Do you speak English? She gritted her teeth and considered embarrassing this little nose-picker on the board, but quickly the urge faded. Unnerved by her silence, he looked over at the stands, possibly for the coach but Pluto thought more likely he was looking for his mother. The opponent shook hands and clocks were started. He took his first move, king pawn to e4, with no real conviction. To keep her mind occupied as Miles painfully mulled over every move, Pluto created a story about his life. He was an A student, obviously. She took her third move. He enjoyed playing with his dog, a Yorkie, his only real friend besides his mother, seven moves. He liked board games and jazz music, ten moves. Though he had never really been bullied, he still went to the principal's office often throughout elementary school with fabricated stories just for the attention, fourteen moves. He watched anime porn and was starting to understand the appeal of anime body pillows, 
though he would have to save his allowance to get one. And 17 moves for the win. Pluto allowed herself a sense of self-satisfaction as they shook hands, and Miles was one step closer to going home to touch himself to thoughts of Ai Hayasaka. Pluto met Mercury's gaze, and Mercury tipped her head up questioningly, to which Pluto gave a pleased nod. Mercury wore the smile of a proud parent and went back to her own game. Pluto walked toward Mercury's side of the gym to find a spot and watch. Mercury was by no means an impressive player, but she put very little effort into being middle of the pack, which was its own feat. Before Pluto could settle into the navy plastic bleachers, she heard the berating and threats of her sister. You would pull some shady shit like that. You feel pretty high and mighty, I bet. You just wait until Judgment Day and watch who's laughing then, you little bedwetter. Without thinking, Pluto bolted out of her seat and sprinted for Uranus, who had vaulted out of her chair and slid across the table, looking very reminiscent of a 70s TV cop sliding across a car hood. By the time she reached her sister, Uranus already had the poor kid bent over the table, his face crammed into the chessboard, and his arm being bent awkwardly upward behind his back. It was amazing that you could hear his shoulder popping over his crying and Uranus chanting, Pizza face prick! Pizza face prick! Pluto drilled her foot into the back of Uranus's knee and gripped one of her pigtails, bringing her to the ground and yanking her backwards. Uranus swung her elbow behind her to the unknown assailant and connected directly with Pluto's cheek. Everyone was standing and staring, but no student, nor teacher, nor parent attempted to intercede. Pluto, unfazed by the blow, wrapped her arm around Uranus's throat and whispered into her ear. The words, or the lack of air flow, calmed her, and she allowed herself to lower to the floor, where Pluto eased her lock. After Uranus caught her breath, Pluto helped her to her feet. They were briskly swept out of the room by Mr. and Mrs. Weaver, both adults red with embarrassment. Arm in arm with her sister, Pluto could momentarily see Mercury with a look of sheer glee writing in her notebook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Good Clean Fun. Again, I will be releasing the story chapter by chapter, week by week. If you are eager to see what happens next, the next chapter is already available on Amazon, Kindle, and Letterpress. Uh, links to both of these can be found on my website, travisetaylor.com, as well as uh, access to my previous novel, um, Faithless Descent, if you're interested in picking that up. Uh, don't forget to follow Travis E. Taylor Author on Facebook or Instagram. And if you like the story, do me a favor and tell a friend about it. I would like to thank Mizpah. Uh, I certainly had a blast cutting in Mizpah's dialogue. and I think we can all agree she did a great job uh, committing to the silly shit that I asked her to say. Uh, I would also like to thank Danny Contreras for laying down uh, that killer riff you heard at the top of the podcast. And lastly, thank you for making the time to join me. See you next week for more good, clean fun, when we will see what lays ahead for Mercury. Pizza face prick! What? Pizza face prick! Yeah!